Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Square. I'm Poonam Schallenberger, and I'm here with Jill Ibison, Vice President in Corgan's Interior Studio. Welcome. Thanks, Poonam. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So Jill, you're project manager on several of our projects. You, you kind of make them go. Help me understand what that entails and what that means. As a project manager, my job is like a conductor. From start to finish, we're working with the client, we're working with consultants, we're working with our internal integrated project services to deliver a project that is really on target with where the client is wanting their vision to hit. So in, in getting clients to where they want to go, probably a lot of trying to navigate this return to the office and what that means, um, I always find that folks refer to what tech clients are doing as kind of early adopters in this space and, you know, first to first to market on things. Why do you think that people look to tech clients and, and what about their culture makes them such a good fit for testing and experimenting with new ideas? I think that's interesting because so many more clients are tech or consider themselves a tech client, right? They're operating in a space to which technology is key for delivering whatever service or goods that they're working working to deliver. With that, I think that it's the agility. Tech clients have great agility. They are looking to innovate and collaborate along the way. And in order to get there, they have to be able to pivot. And pivot is like experimenting. So sometimes we have been working on experimenting new ways for, for tech clients to work to really achieve that high collaboration that's leading to the innovation where they're able to deliver faster product, new product, new concepts, so that their people can really achieve those those strategies that they're trying to do. And so I find that like every headline is about how do you how do you navigate the return to the office? What does it mean when you have a certain percentage of your client or your employees who are remote or some that are hybrid or some mm-hmm. that are purely in office? What about that agility makes them great candidates to test and explore what the, solu- the possible solutions or possible models could look like for people? I think with back to the office, people are back to the office. They're yearning to bring their people back together and the people want to be there. So we're seeing the the press to to really help our client bring our their their employees back in a really good and seamless way. Create a draw in order to create that moment for collaboration and innovation. The technology and the software allow them to really work across many different locations um, and really get up and, and move. Do I need to work from home? Do I need to work in our lab? Do we need to work in a collaboration space? Do we need to work in a project? like scrum area. And and with that, um, tech became a really good candidate for back to work in that we need to create a draw, a place for them to be able to come and collaborate, mm-hmm. yet the ability to be so mobile that they can work from anywhere. So it sounds like this idea of moving fast, being hyper fluid and flexible, but then also this celebration of collaboration that we see usually associated with Tech, tech companies, mm-hmm. as more and more people are thinking of themselves as tech companies, but even if you're not, I think that people want to adopt these things and these qualities. Um, it's hard to do when our, the model of how we work was kind of essentially flipped on its head over the past couple of years. What are some sort of qualities of tech that you might, that, that kind of serve as good models for how to do this? I think this has been a great experiment, if you will. 
we were seeing our tech clients really ad hoc some spaces to support the way they wanted to work. And this has been a really great reset for them because they can take these ad hoc spaces. We would see that they had brought a bunch of like whiteboards in or they would put foam core up and then they would take card tables and move them all around and try to like ad hoc a real good project-based room or like what we would consider a war room, something of that nature. And so we've been able to say, okay, or we've been able to study how they were working. It was a great moment to be able to walk through space and, and see what was happening before and then how to make those adjustments in order to really support the way where they wanted to go in the future. Because that's what that's what employers are trying to do, right? Is right. to create spaces where people want to be that supports the kind of work mm-hmm. that you're trying to do, but recognizing that everyone works differently, even right. depending on your task. You may do your job and I might do the exact same job, but do it differently. Right. But and and bringing people together, not losing culture, being able to still kind of get together and feel connected so much harder to do when we're behind a screen or maybe I'm here and you're across the country. Right. You hit the nail on the head. It's how do we really support that culture? Companies cultures are key. Right. That's a huge part of the engine that drives the, the people and then being able to bring the people back together around the space, the culture, the coffee bar, the the whatever moment we have, we have or um, around an outdoor seating space, something like a Topo Chico bar. You know, fun. Think this exists. Yes, we have a client that asked for a Topo Chico bar the other day. My kind of client. Yeah, me too. But the the point is that we're trying to support work for your day. What does your day look like to accomplish all of those things that your team is setting out to do? So how do we support that? It's been a really great experience working with some of our our clients through the end of the pandemic and really seeing that we've set them up well for a return to the work to the office. So we have a we have a client um, that we really worked to experiment with when it came to creating these agile rooms and spaces with a little bit of unknown, a little bit of experiment, right? But a whole lot of direction to support strategic work. And that strategic work then started to expand across the globe. So we have people in person, we have people maybe in the nation, and then we have people across the globe that they really wanted to leverage and and bring together to deliver a product overall. So we really started looking at what was that war room concept and how do we deliver it. We d- delivered these back in the form of project-based rooms. So the concept is that a project team that is put together strategically and specifically to to focus on a solution they need to solve. And and that that team will check out a project room for the duration of their project. It could be two weeks, it could be three months, it could be a year, but they are focused in that space and that's where their seat lies. Well, what's the benefit of a project-based model? What, how does it help tech companies and maybe even other, like what's, What's the payoff on that? If you look across the gamut of what tech companies were doing, that's what they were doing. They were trying to create project-based spaces. So when we have clients that come to us and say, we're out of conference rooms, really when you go back and study, the conference rooms were being commandeered by these teams. So the people on the team had a seat that they sat in every day, like a workstation or an office or something like that. They also were taking up space, actually the majority of their day, inside a conference room. So we were really putting one person in two places and tying up a resource. So now let's pivot and look at 
I'm assigned to this project room. I'm an agile mobile worker. I'm assigned to the project room, and I'm not assigned to a desk. Can you describe what these project rooms look like? Sure. The project room is just a really large space. And it's got the supporting infrastructure that people need. So if you think about it for tech, we need a lot of technology digital, the ability to connect with someone on a screen across the world. We need a lot of pinup space, and we need tons of marker boards. So the fact that you could ideate across the board, but have the tech dialed into the ability to see what's happening on that board is really supporting that. So that's part of it. The, the next part, sorry, the next part is that we create lots of zones within the space. So imagine that in your big office, you have workstation zones, you've got a collaborative zone, you've got a huddle room. We're creating all of those environments within that one space. So they're able to constantly work within that space to, to really strategize all day long. And they're not set at one conference table. You know, you mentioned marker boards and pinup boards. Um, I know I find myself whenever I'm in a meeting, I got to go scribble on the wall. Right. But it's hard sometimes if you're virtual or you're remote to be able to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Describe some of the ways that maybe tech might navigate that because I would imagine that they have a lot of people who are writing on a wall and someone maybe who's not in the room. How do they, how do they navigate that? These project rooms are on a, on a spectrum. And the spectrum comes from low tech to high tech. And in some of these high tech, super inclusive rooms, the technology is there where the cameras are set up to zoom in different parts of the room. So you may have two or three cameras within a room that's keying in on environments. So one camera is focused on a whiteboard in one, one area, another camera is focused on a different whiteboard, and the switching allows them to, to look from space to space based on where the people are integrating into the room with the local team members in order to see what's happening. Sounds like very robust technology. It is, and I will say that's a huge part of the budget. So if we're looking at creating project-based work, we really need to look at what the scale is across that spectrum to which rooms have you know, which rooms are assigned to being the local team, a hybrid team, or what we would consider a, a very virtual room. So there's that spectrum that allows us to, to put the dollars where they need to be regarding acoustics and technology. Both are critical in, in these types of spaces. Yeah. So you have these project rooms that you spend the majority of your day in, is that right? Right. And you're with your team. What, how do you peel off? What, how do you manage the other parts of your day that you, you're responsible for? Every day, someone's journey is different. And they're solving different problems or meeting with different people across the spectrum of, of what they're trying to achieve. So when we have a project-based concept, we have lots of subspaces. And the subspaces really support the various functions of, that you need to do during the day. You may have heads down time. So how do we create heads down time? You may need to have a break off small tech huddle. We need to have a water cooler chat. We need to create that third space that is really comfortable cafe. So, so when you're not in the project room, we're creating a variety of spaces to help support that task that you're working through in order to, for you to be at your like optimum performance during those times. So those spaces look like, um, you know, right outside the project rooms, we're trying to create touchdowns. And so these are open, they, can, they look like open office workstations, maybe in a variety of, of layouts, but they're so I could step out of that project room and, and get some things done in a heads down way. 
We also have, you know, breakout phone rooms and, and focus rooms. So those are on the rise. Maybe I need to take a Zoom call that's separate from my entire team and I need to hop into a focus room in order to have that. Often those have been branded and have tons of acoustical properties related to them. From there, you can trickle out into the cafe space, coffee at your fingertips, right? Being able to hit that coffee bar, have a stand up. Maybe there's an out, outside scrum with another team because maybe you're on two projects, not just What's one. What's a scrum? A scrums are like, so in, in tech, scrums are, are quick stand ups that could be a fi, you know 15 minute meeting, maybe 30 minute meeting where you're saying, these are the topics for the day. Let's get through them. Who's doing what? It's a very fast paced meeting that sets you up for what's happening. So we've always wanted our spaces to work hard for us, but these break spaces are really encompassing a variety of seating types, seating heights, lounge, um, standard like space to sit down with your laptop, tons of variety, and they're starting to feel more like a cafe that you would would walk along the street and pop into, right? Um, We also have to support overall with some very heads down quiet spaces so we are implementing library style spaces so think about when you were in college and you went to the library to really get something done and for no one to bother you so we have one client who really latched onto that and we have three library spaces throughout their their overall uh, floor plan and it's a quiet zone no phones it allows people to really dial in get get their work done and the intent behind their cultural shift here is to really support the fact that i need to to get something done i don't need to be disturbed and so by working in that space i choose to work there right then you're signaling to the rest of the team that i need to get this done so how do you plan where these spaces go and how many of them to have in a building or in a, on a floor or even what the size of these look like what does that process look like actually when planning this we are taking to account how many project teams that that you were running at all times so we look we talk to our clients about what was the at the height of their project team base what did that look like and at the low point what did that look like because it's a fluid spectrum those projects are um, starting and stopping all the time we talk to them in the, about the future and where they're intending for the project concept to be and, and then we start mapping the journey across the plan. So we are looking at interesting nodes and and where those points start and begin to radiate across the floor. How far are you from one space to the next and how convenient are these spaces? Um, We also are looking at how do we infuse these spaces with natural light. So sometimes we need them to be very um, closed and acoustically sound, but bringing natural light in some way. And then how do we create um, radial spaces in order to, to hit that natural light yet be the right amount of accessible? Often when we're planning, we're looking at two parts. One is the code. So how many stairs are on a floor actually dictate how many project-based suites we're going to be able to put on the floor versus the journey. So what does that journey look like for you across the day? When I arrive, what is the first thing that I see or do? Who's the first person that I encounter? What does that that journey look like as I'm coming from the first floor to my project-based suite and how many convenience and amenities are along that path? Yeah. You know, you mentioned how a company might flex right in the in the number of employees they have or how many mm-hmm. are going to be in person that day or that year and then even a person's 
day might flex. So how do you how do you build some of that flexibility into these ratios? Change is inevitable, right? The only constant is change. And the way we look at master planning space is is how can we dual purpose or triple purpose a space for the future? What happens if? So we can't always know what what is going to happen, right? But we're trying to help our clients be agile in their space and how the spaces themselves or the furniture or the power is set up to flex with what may happen in the future. So for example, yesterday I walked with a client and they said, okay, these are our challenges. We need to make some adjustments. How do we do that with the way we've set this up? And it was a great conversation because you know we talked about when we plan the space, what did we do for a little bit of redundancy across the floor that would help them easily make a change pretty quickly overnight? And we've been able to come up with that solution. So, you know, it's really having good, open, honest conversations with your client and talking about how much flexibility and redundancy do they want to put in a space in order to pivot along the way. Right. It's probably hard to predict every major shift that's going to come your way. I know certainly most people didn't predict being yeah. in this situation to begin with. Um, but, you know, it's interesting in that these zones, I would imagine that even as we're coming back to the office and people are coming back at different scales and ratios and and at the end of the day, we probably it's I would I would imagine that it's hard to find a client that has the same number of people that are back 100% of the time, mm-hmm. nine to five, Monday through Friday. And so I would imagine that it also provides some benefit of creating density and, and you know, where we may have lost that sort of buzz or that energy of people being in mm-hmm. the office together. Zoning and project-based rooms kind of brings you naturally together, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of walking into a sea of empty desks because people aren't there, it's Friday afternoon, you're kind of back in and kind of bringing people intentionally together. You're creating energy, right? You're creating that sense of place and the community and the connection and the energy you want between the people, which really inspire them to to come to work and be together, which I think is a a huge draw for for being there in the office together. On your other point, density, this concept is allowing clients to rethink how much square footage they're looking at. You're combining the concept of a new way to work with this hybrid mobile worker and, and so many employees wanting to have choice and control with how do we deliver space that you still need an office because you do need an office. People do need space to go work, to commune with one another, to create, to innovate, to push forward, right? So. Our, our square footage solutions for our clients are looking different based on really what their needs are and, and delivering that. So as we partner with uh, our workplace strategy team and change management team, we're able to really help a client identify you know, what is the strategy for them going forward and how we implement that and then support the people or, and then support the employees change through change management. Because this is... Um, and a giant change management experiment, as Emily Strain has said, over over the entire course of, of the pandemic. But, um, you know, bringing people back to work and change managing their behavior and what they expect to happen at the office is, is an important thing. And, and I think that our team does that really well. Earlier, you talked about spaces that work really hard. Um, whether it's the technology that works really hard or, you know, having a mix of spaces that can do several different things and meet you where you are and, and meet the moment. 
I would imagine that there's also a way to be able to optimize every square foot, right? If you have maybe more square foot, square feet, less square feet, there's this idea of right sizing your mm-hmm. office so that it that you don't have these dead spaces. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you how you make your square feet work really hard for you? So when we are looking at right sizing for the workplace strategy, the solution for this you know a particular client, we're looking at providing those spaces that really support the function and the the aspiration. We're looking at those spaces that are really supporting the new way to work for that client. With that, the spaces become fluid and transient, and along the way, I'm able to stop at this moment and or hit hit this tech or tech huddle room, or I need to jump into that. Um, phone room. I need to hit the library for, you know, an hour that I need to, to pound out a, a document or something like that. And with that, you're creating spaces and or with that people are using spaces based on their task or what they're needing to do. And that allows the spaces to work harder. So you may need to sit in a space and and go through a memo and get it all done, but then pop up and hit the Zoom room. Whereas I may be sliding into that space saying, hey, I now need to get this done and it's now available for me to use. So you're able to let, you know, you're able to to leverage the spaces for more people to use the space on their own schedule. And maybe we don't even own our desks as much anymore, right? Right. So that's one thing that we really talked about with several of our clients is that that they see with this mobile population, several people don't want to own their own space because they want to live in their project room or they need to to have these um, focused, you know, moments, but we do see a population of people that still need to to really own their own space. So they are what we consider more of a resident. So someone who comes every single day, and that their work is related to focused work. So they are the the senior leader of the team, and they do need an office. They come every day, and they're making important decisions or having meetings within those spaces. So we do see a strata of people who need to have enclosed own spaces and a strata of people who are more in the the mobile population. We saw a lot of this happening a few years ago, too. It just seems to be accelerated, this idea of hoteling mm-hmm. or a mix of spaces. You know, whether you're a tech client or not, even here at Corgan, I have my desk, I have conference rooms, I have little focus rooms, I have huts that I can go to, off the I elevators, booths, booths. <laughs> Everyone calls them something different, um, but the they're booth. these, you know, little touchdown spaces off the elevator, um, or even like large skyline rooms where we have sweeping views of the city and can grab a bite to eat. Um, so some of this existed before, but you know, earlier you said everyone's starting to consider this, themselves a tech company because they're cool. Everybody wants to be cool, right? So how is this different? than what we were seeing before. How have you seen it change or maybe be accelerated? With the return to work, this is giving employers the opportunity to really maximize their space in order to support the way their staff works. All people have learned to work differently, right? But then how do we support each person's avenue along the day while still maintaining business continuity, leveraging the innovation, providing that moment for people to come together and and support one another. We see 
companies who've taken advantage of this downtime to really accelerate their office change so that when people come back to work, they're coming back to work in a space that really supports the future of that company's work. You know, a theme that keeps standing out to me is this idea of dedicated spaces that are really kind of optimized to support you. And it seems to be kind of a, not a shift, but a movement away from or a different way of, mm-hmm. of setting up your your office or your floor plan. And I think I, I even read this, I have no evidence to actually back this up, but I think I read this in a magazine in residential spaces that we had seen over the past several decades or maybe decade, um, huge, big open spaces, right? Like mm-hmm. big kitchen connects to every other part of the house. There's no walls, everything's white and gray and big and open. And over the past couple of years, we've maybe seen um, the resurgence of like something a little bit more cozy feeling and layered and textured and like a nook. Yeah, Nancy Myers is ex- inspired, right? And um, something more comfortable and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like what you're describing is a little bit more in line with that, right? So when you think about a floor plate, we think you know it's a much larger antidote to what you're saying. And what we are doing is looking at how do we create these spaces in neighborhoods, if you will. So we're using blocks of space to break up a floor. So we're creating these small intimate moments, if you will, spaces that can be energized by the number of people who are really activating that space that day. And and that gives rise to then there's chatter, there's buzz, there's this conversation, or even a natural draw. Even if it's a quiet space and you start to see people come there, you're like, I'm going to go sit there. And you then sit there for the communal aspect of being together. People need people. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, really simply put, people do need people. And by creating these spaces that really support this variety of work, you're able to to bring people together, whether it's quiet or super chatty or inside a project room. Yeah. You know, I think we keep going back to that idea of wanting to create spaces that we want to be in, right? Because I enjoy the company or I enjoy the ideas and the innovation, the excitement, that energy. Um, How else are you seeing that besides, you know, bringing people together? Now what? Is there, what amenities are you seeing? What perks are people looking for? I would say it's a completely shift uh, or I would say there's a huge shift in furniture. So when we're looking at project-based concepts or these nooks and crannies and things like that that we're activating, there's a lot more soft seating furniture. Furniture that has a different height, a different sit, a different lounge, uh, a different type of side table, a different way to work. Because when you were at home, where'd you sit? On the sofa. Right. That's what I thought you were going to say. So how do we create that space? Because maybe part of the day I, I want to emulate where I had been before, whereas then other parts of the day I need to be more task-oriented, more ergonomic for my body in order to complete that task. So you're seeing the rise of a lot more ancillary furniture um, versus all just standard desking, which is it you know it is a shift it's a shift in your budget it's a shift in your mindset it's a shift in the spaces that we create but supporting those spaces through the right types of furniture really help to activate i think that's an amenity yeah i think i even saw a corgan concept of a of what a zoom room or a phone room might look like and typically when i thought that what they were going to pull up was a photo of like a smaller desk and a chair for me to sit at maybe a plant right like for sure a plant and like a window 
but it was like something that looked like a chase and it was soft and there i think there was even other residential looking furniture like a like some sort of credenza or something like that a footstool a footstool <laughs> yeah they are so yeah. they're so different than i think what we traditionally have seen right it needs to be familiar yeah. So we were walking through a space as we were turning it over and some people had snuck onto the floor before it was really opened. And it was really great to see people naturally using spaces that you're describing in that exact way. So there was a nice soft lounge chair with a really great footstool and had two different types of side tables. One had beverages, one had the laptop across it. And she was sitting there just really activated and working. And she was clearly on a call. The background was very branded, you know, branded within the finishes and things like that. And, and she was just doing exactly what the room was meant to do and exactly what that client was wanting their staff to to do and to be comfortable, come to work and and have that moment of her own and then jump back into her her meetings. So I think there's been a lot of headlines about employers and companies who are excited about coming back to the office and recognize the enduring value of mm-hmm. being in person and connected to each other. But we do have the reality of of kind of how do we navigate that change and communicate that to our employees in a way that feels, you know, that they can be as excited about the return to the office as we are. Um, how do you how do you have that come to life in design? We're looking at the entire office as a whole, right? What does that entire building look like? Are you a company that has multiple floors in a single in a single office building? So when you enter the space, what are the amenities on the first floor? How fluid and free are you to, to use and leverage amenities on the first floor, the second floor, the third floor? Where's the gym? Where's the locker room? Where's that tech bar? How do I fluidly move through the space and encounter a variety of um, amenities and a variety of things that, that activate me as, as I move through, right? It's like a mini city within one building. Conversely, some of our clients are, are just a single floor. So that entry sequence is still very important, but then how are we dialing that in on a single floor? How are we creating those variety of spaces based on the area you need? And it sounds like every one of those is an opportunity to create a, an amenity or a, a benefit to the employee, right. um, whether it's in efficiency in how they work or in for, reinforcing the culture there. Right. So sometimes we're taking this down in a layered approach. We start with the first floor. So for example, one of our clients started with the project-based floor. It was an experiment and it's, it's working and they're excited about it and they want to continue on forward. So then we're looking at what does the entry sequence look like? How activated and communal is that first floor? Where are the training rooms? Where's the, you know, like I said, the tech bar? What's happening with the gym? So a huge rise in fitness. You were able to, to work out at lunch probably when you were at home. I worked out at lunch and loved it. But, but now how are we bringing some of those fitness amenities, whether it's a locker room within your space because your building has a gym or there's a gym just down the street that you've partnered with, to um, what does the coffee bar look like, whether it's inside or just adjacent to your space, like a manned coffee bar. But but what are the things that your employees want and how are we delivering them back, whether it's directly on your floor or in your building or adjacent in the complex that you are in? 
You've talked about the idea of experimentation a lot with these tech clients. What are some lessons that other clients might be able to take away from these case studies? Their favorite question is, what is someone else doing? Right? So our clients know they want to get there, and sometimes it's a leap for them. What's been fantastic about this giant experiment, if you will, is that we've been able to, to try things out and to refine them, to implement them, and to test them within our client's organization and get feedback. And I think that's what's really great about this process is that it is, it is a continuum. And the ability to have post-occupancy feedback and how we can make tweaks and changes as we go forward is key. For example, you know, we did we went through one, and the furniture wasn't quite right in some of these um, small focus rooms or these personal phone rooms, and so we were able to to pull that furniture out, leverage those on another floor, and and get a different piece of furniture within those spaces. So, our clients not being afraid to experiment has been great. It has started to pave the way for our other clients to be pretty comfortable with some knowns that have started to to be solidified and to be tested within those organizations. My favorite, we were on a call the other day and the client started talking about this new vision that they had and, you know, it was kind of this pivot for them. And I said, do you mean like this? And she goes, yes, like that. And it's been great that we've been able to pull up a plan or a rendering or a photo for them to to really sink their teeth into. And, and it validates the direction they want to go and they know it's achievable. And so they're, they're more excited and, and more ready to go and to latch on to this new way to work. Yeah. I think the idea isn't that, hey, this floor plan is the floor plan that every client should mm-hmm. go and take on, right? There's not one right and good solution, but that this idea of let's test and let's optimize every single square foot to mm-hmm. work for our employees and bring them together and support the way that they work and even how they feel at work is what we're taking away, right? Because neighborhoods are maybe not a good fit for every client. Well, I would say that that we can take the elements of the concept and apply them based on really how you as a company want to implement. So every company's goal is is different when it comes to how how those employees work. So so for example, one company it's all tech with project rooms, whereas another company is they think their entire staff should really leverage these project-based rooms and concepts across multiple departments. And so they're even branching out a little bit further. So it's how do we take these things that we've been experimenting with, testing out and apply them to to your workplace strategy. Well, Jill, this has been great. What are you most excited about from people taking away from this? What, is, what are you most excited about in terms of the future of, of the office? I think I'm most excited that people are willing to try something new to really support their work style, that workplace strategy, their culture, their people, and, and provide that new way to work for, for their employees. It, it helps each individual excel, um, bringing their best self to work every day. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for inviting me. And thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Square.